This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. The Mavs have now won six straight games going into the All-Star break, and you might be like, hold on just a second. Are you sure about that? Are you sure they won last night? If that is the case, let's go ahead and fire off cut number one because, yes, I am sure that the Dallas Mavericks were triumphant last night. Well, the Mavs have flipped the script on San Antonio from down 15 to in front by 14. And darting into the All right. Can I just throw one thing out there before we get into an uber positive conversation? It's not my favorite that in back-to-back games, you've had to overcome double-digit deficits against two of the worst teams in the league. They're definitely playing with their food, it feels like, the first half, which is not... Great. But they did clamp it down in quarters two and three for sure. 14 and 19 points scored against, which in Mavericks world, that's basically holding people to zero points. If if you did watch a second and third quarter, you'd have been like, I get it. I get that the San Antonio Spurs are super bad. I will tell you this, and this is something maybe we can examine maybe tomorrow, maybe over the break, is this defense during this winning streak has looked pretty darn good and if you want to discount the Spurs and the Wizards I get that but they're playing significantly better than they were I told you the other day that their uh point differential had swung one full point which is a lot now it's one and a half points so like it continues to get better as the Mavericks hey you know they're scoring points but look at what the score was at the end of the night last night it wasn't 140 so like that's that's a huge factor whenever we start looking at what this defense can evolve into and become and I think it can only if they Again, Gafford and P.J. Washington, I think, are mentally committed, uh, enthusiastic, and that will make the progression of it happen faster. Okay, do you want to go with P.J. Washington, Derek Lively, your tweet from last night, or something totally different to start? You know where we want to – like, you you have it – I'm deferring to you because you you put it together the way you think it'll be best. I want to start with P.J. Washington then, if if we can. Although Derek Lively coming back, and we'll talk about his facial apparatus and everything like that, is what do you think P.J. Washington's strengths and weaknesses are and how can the Mavericks harness his full potential? Because the reason why I say potential is you look at it and you're like, holy crap, I can see why he got drafted so high. But eventually, Charlotte got to a point where they're like, well, he's never going to be the dude. And then eventually... He doesn't have to be on this team. That's true. That is very true. But then eventually they moved to the point where he is expendable. Now, I know there are reasons he was expendable. He has all kinds of upside, but we are where we are. And you've already seen in these three games, that OKC game, I thought you were like, well, here we go. And then last night against San Antonio, 
Maybe not so much. This is who he is. Yeah. And the Mavericks don't want this guy. Okay? They believe that there's more there. It's I compare it to the Rangers signing John Gray from the Colorado Rockies, a bad team for most of his career, and you see the 97-mile-an-hour fastball, you see the wipeout slider, and you're like, we're going to get that every game from him. We're going to figure out how to get that every game. So I did this before, but I'll do it again. His last four games with Charlotte, and you know they wanted him to be their third best consistent player. They wanted in their in their scheme of things, Lamelo Ball is their Luca. He's never healthy, but that's their Luca. And then they have Miles Bridges, obviously off the court, crazy guy, kind of, and trying to clean that up. But he's did there. you see the update to that by the way? That everything got dropped. Right. For the other one. For oh. remember we talked about like the throwing yeah. of the pool ball right. and the violation of the restraining order. The cops said they found inconsistencies in that testimony and they dropped it all. Well, and PJ Washington's career's been an inconsistent career. And yes. that's the issue is five twenty two, fifteen, and six. Those were his last four games in Charlotte. And you can go and look at this, and he averages 14 in the month of January. He has a 43-point game in there. He has a zero-point game in there. He has a five-point game in there. He has a 26-point game in there. And the the five-point game is more fascinating to me because he played like 28 minutes, a a normal amount. Yeah, Right, I know the one where he scored zero was six minutes. I don't know what happened in that game, but that's who he is, though. He's a dude who sometimes, last night, has three points. Other nights, he's going to have 23 points. You don't want that out of a – you never want that out of a player. Yeah. That's impossible for a coach to figure out how much should I play him, should I play him down the stretch. You want to know what your guy's going to be and do. Yes, there's going to be good games and bad games, but you don't want it to always be good games and bad games. P.J. Washington did not have a bad game last night. He affected the game in other ways besides his one of six Agreed. scoring for three points. But you want to have an idea. Every time P.J. Washington takes the court, I'm expecting 15 points. I don't want him to score 25 and 3. I'd rather him score 12 and 17. So I never see that game, but I also never see this game. So that's what the Mavericks traded for. I know this from baseball is when you take a guy this inconsistent, the organization is saying, we can get him consistent. One of the shifts... I'm curious how you feel about. I would like to see this. I know this isn't the way of the modern NBA, and people might tell you it's inefficient. I would like to see him move closer and stop shooting so many three-pointers. I realized last month, I think it was, he did pretty well. But for his career, he is not a good three-point shooter, and he usually shoots a pretty decent amount, five, six a game. I don't, he's just yeah. not a good three-point shooter. Unless we fundamentally overhaul some mechanisms, which doesn't feel like an in-season thing, I would like to see him moving toward, I'm not saying he's got to drive through the pain every time, but I would like to see more mid-range stuff from him, perhaps. Yeah, and this is the thing, Corey, that we just don't know. We don't know how much he practices three-point shooting with Charlotte sure. versus how much he's going to practice three-point shooting with Dallas. Like, I don't know. Dorian Finney-Smith couldn't make a three-pointer to save his life. Literally, he would have died a million times. For his first three years in his career, you were pretty much asking Shaquille O'Neal to shoot corner three-pointers named Dorian Finney-Smith. That's how ugly and horrible it looked. But he practiced it so much because the Mavericks said, this is what you're going to get on our team. This is how you're going to become an NBA basketball player. We like your athleticism. We like your defense. you got to figure out how to make four out of ten of these in the corner and then you will get money in this league. And Dorian Finney-Smith figured it out. I'm wondering when he was with 
Charlotte, he picked a lot. He was the guy picking for LaMelo ball and then rolling and, and doing different things. I'm just wondering, this is where, is there enough time in this season? You have him for multiple years. What's his practice going to be like now with the Mavericks to work off of Luka, to work off of Kyrie, to work off of this offense, which is a little bit different than Charlotte's. Yeah, because if you can develop a good pick and roll with one of those two guys or both of those guys or a pick and whatever you decide to do with that, you're going to... He won't be the picker here. I'm just going to explain this because he's going to be guarded by an athletic guy. That's why centers are so important now. With with That's why Dwight Powell had to be part of your offense because you want the center switching to Luka. You want the center switching to Kyrie. So you never really want P.J. being the picker in a lot of these things because he's going to bring a six foot seven or six foot nine guy who's somewhat athletic. You want the seven footer having to switch and guard Luca and you want the six foot four guy now having to roll with the center. But in, I mean, triple picks though, that's what I'm looking at. All the triple picks. That being said, <laughs> Hell though, yeah. you know, I, I, I know this is a different era, different team, completely different situation, different people, but Sean Marion was a guy that you were like, I feel like I can put him on four different offensive players. I can see that. And that's kind of what I foresee with PJ. Now I'm not yeah. saying he just puts the clamps on everybody, but he has, when you say what are his strengths and weaknesses, length and strength. I think the dude's really strong and and wants to compete on that defensive end. And that's one of the things where I'm, I'm going to tell him, look, man, because very similar to Mike, your offensive nights might be few and far between, but your defensive effort is going to have to be there every night because well, maybe there it is a night because there was a 22-point game from Sean Marion in the playoff run, but it wasn't every night that you were expecting that out of him. So you get that on the night when you need it. But you also throughout you have you can got a guy that can guard lots of different positions. And I, look, I wanted to talk about because if we're talking about maybe one of the weaknesses has been shooting, especially from distance. Absolutely, defense. Look, if you look at his defensive rating, which I know can be a flawed statistic, it looks like it's taken a downturn just from what you see on the court. Right. I'll admit. I have not been breaking down all the Charlotte games from earlier in the season. Right. So just from what you've seen on the court with Dallas, I don't find that to be the case at all. And I definitely think you can look at some points where he impacted the game defensively. 100%. And, and so that's a balance that, the, quite frankly, the Mavericks need. Like, if I have to yes. sacrifice some shooting for more defense, I'll make yeah, some Luka of those Luka and Kyrie are going to get their points. For sure. Gafford now is going to get his points. Hell, Jalen Hart, Jaden Hardy is going to get something. Yeah. That's fun. Uh, those guys are going to get their points. So let that work itself out. But you got to be a better defensive team. And that's one of the key areas. Well, think about what you had before this trade. Nothing against Derek Jones Jr. He's revitalized his career to being an NBA basketball player. He looks like he weighs 110 pounds. And I know he weighs more than that. But yeah, yeah. he's easy to, like, all right, guard, guard Kawhi Leonard if that's your first-round matchup. All right, Kawhi's just going to force him underneath the rim and then lay it up or dunk on him because he's not physically strong enough to deal with him. P.J. Washington is. Is P.J. Washington physically gifted enough athletically to stay with him if he backs the ball out to the perimeter? Because Derek Jones guarding Kawhi on the perimeter is going to be pretty good. It's just the part where he leans his body into him that it's it's completely over. Well, now you lean into P.J. Washington. He's like, I'm fine. I, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty much yeah. as strong as you are. Like, yeah. you know, like guarding Luka. Luka can't blow by guys, but he's so much physically stronger than everybody. He just has to get you on the side. He just has to make one quick step. You're on the side of him, and it's over. You're not going to get back in front of him, and he's going to bully you the rest of the way to wherever he wants to go. So he leverages you now bad. you have a physical guy. And Josh Green, I know we're not talking about him, but he's a guy that's I hope this isn't what he did last year. Do you remember last year? This was the time where he took off. 
You know how sometimes guys guys have months where you're yeah. like, this is the month, and this is what I'm hoping about with the f- month of February. Month of February, Josh Green is when we are like, oh my gosh, he's doing it. He's yeah. turning into a good NBA basketball player. And then we got to the end of February and March, like, uh, Josh Green can't play in this league anymore. How did this change? And so I'm hoping that this Josh Green is here to stay. I've seen this Josh Green before. It was around this time last he year. For long. Yes. For the rest of the season. I need him to be this guy. I need him to be in the starting spot and play 24 really solid minutes for you. I do like I do like these trades, though, because P.J. Washington isn't a one-trick pony. You just talked about, hey, he can score around the basket. He can dribble the ball. Yes. We're hoping that he can become a better corner three-point shooter to add that to his game. But he's not. Nothing against Dorian Finney-Smith. Literally only thing that Dorian Finney-Smith could do offensively was he could dunk a basketball, that's one, and then two, he could shoot corner threes at a high percentage. And P.J. Washington said something, I think it was after the, not last night, but the game before. Everybody was telling me I was going to get a lot of open shots, but I didn't realize it until I was out there playing with Luca, Kyrie, and all those guys. So that might naturally change some of the way you shoot as much as yeah. well if you know you're going to get that extra like half second, quarter second, whatever. I'll go real quick to my tweet, which I pretty much said, this team has a chance to win it all. And I'm, I'm they condensing didn't before. it. I said they're probably not. And the reason I'm saying they're probably not is because there's not enough time to gel. So as we talk about P.J. Washington just bringing this in, there's not enough time for him to practice three-point shooting from the corner yeah. off of Luka. Like he's realizing, wow, they just you don't have much practice time in the second half of the season because guys are wearing down, and so you your practices are more walkthroughs than practices. Uh, but I think you can get better. I think this Mavs team now has everything it needs. So in my tweet, I said this: you have the two superstars. One is a super superstar. The other one can work off of the superstar. He's done it before. He just has to stay healthy. And Kyrie, you have wing defenders. We just mentioned this in P.J. Washington, Josh Green, Derek Jones Jr., if Dante Exum is ever healthy. So you have a plethora and Maxi Kleba, who's really a wing defender who can guard multiple positions, yeah. but really a good tall wing defender. Uh, so you have all of that. You have some guys that can score off of the bench in Hardaway and Hardy. You have two legitimate big guys that now Dwight Powell, who really should just be in this league waving a towel. Like, let's face it, for the last five Benson. years, yeah. he should have never been playing NBA basketball. He should just be on the team as a good teammate. But we've had to play him for five straight years. So you have everything there. And then the majority of your guys are all in their mid-20s. Besides Kyrie, and I guess you could say Maxi, who's part of your major rotation, everybody else is in their mid-20s for the most part. So this looks like a team that could grow into something special. And to go along with that, a lot of them are locked up for multiple years. Yeah. So I look at it. Derek Lively came back. He made a major impact. San Antonio looked horrible in the second half. And I don't know like where San Antonio is going with Wimby. I do like him. He's a really good player, but that didn't look good at all last night. Now, our young player from the same draft, you just mentioned him, is Derek Lively. Derek Lively came back, came off the bench, which is logical given the progression. One of the things that he said about playing with his mask uh-huh. it is he said, I'm probably going to have to wear it for the next three or four weeks to make sure my nose heals straight and everything like that. So just be prepared for that. Last thing, this is maybe a question for tomorrow. I wonder when you get past the All-Star break and you come back, Gafford and Lively, I think they share the position, but I just wonder 
Is it better to start Gafford? Is it better to start Lively? Does that matter? You know, I, I think Gafford's going to be in your closing five minutes, and I think Lively will grow into that in his career. But I, I'm wondering when you get back from break. Right now, you need to get as many reps with Gafford as you can before playoffs, my opinion. And can I just, I'm going to throw yeah. this out there, and I realize that a lot of people don't agree with this. I do think you're going to see them on the court sometimes together. I know. I realize the three-point shooting wow. deficit of why that won't happen. I'm not saying it's going to be to close the game. I think you're going to see plenty of spurts with them in there together to see how it plays out. So just keep an eye on that as well. Okay. We're the Thanks, Corey. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, it's time for my buddies an idiot. Does your friend have a terrible sports or pop culture opinion, or are they broken by magic? Let us know. We'll talk about it next right here on The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. And it's Tom for my buddy's an idiot. Does your friend have a terrible sports or pop culture opinion? Or is it this unfortunate fella? And maybe it'll work out. I'm inclined to think it will not. For the 903, my buddy's an idiot. He thinks McCole Hardman cards are going to shoot up in value after catching the winning touchdown in the Super Bowl. Thoughts? Uh, Maybe for a five hours it did. I have I have It'll learned I have learned a night. lot from you guys. Okay, I've, I really like. I'm very lucky that I can ask y'all at any True. point. I can ask you questions about ca- the card business because I know what to buy and what not to buy. And everything I've learned is in football. Quarterbacks are the only thing that matter. It's yeah. rookie cards for quarterbacks, too. And you stay away from pretty much anything else unless that's just what you enjoy. But if you're trying to make money sure. off of it, the best money is going to come out of quarterbacks. You're going to have to move like the Micah Parsons. You're going to have to really work hard with the CeeDee Lambs. Those are going to be work that you have to put in. And you do need to capitalize on big moments. But I'm just not sure for that sure. Like if CeeDee Lamb had that catch... That might shoot up a little bit more. That might be a 25% increase there. Or if something you, like that. Or if you had a bunch and sold them all Sunday night, Monday morning, I think yes. it probably worked out pretty well for you. But over if, time. If you're holding them still because you're like, just wait, the real boom is coming. Yeah. I, 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 I don't think that's going to work out for you. Because here's a chart of Mahomes. 
That might have helped him out when he won his third Super Bowl. They spiked, wow. in case you can't see <laughs> was that just this it, on year, the Twitch or was that, or the YouTube. That's the last 60 days. They spiked okay. a lot. So if you look at the end of the season, staying completely flat, maybe even going down a hair because people are like, ah, this isn't the team, and are they ever going to be the team again? And then he won the Super Bowl. Is now the time to sell on Mahomes? In a way, yes. I actually, I I was sorry to jump in there, Mike. I had a conversation with one of our listeners about this. If you decide to sell on Mahomes now, totally understand. I think when you look at the way they won this Super Bowl and the inevitable run toward Brady, whether you think that means seven Super Bowls or winning five or six, is I think they it has another big spike in it. So this is a time that if you have a bunch of them. Maybe sell some of them. Sure. Take advantage of that. I think that's fair. And maybe even go out go out and purchase the big one that you know like later down the road could be it. Because it could be yeah. that it cracks the 25000 mark at some point if he cracks what Tom Brady's done. It's kind of – you I told me the same fair. thing when it came to uh, my Trevor Lawrence card that I got. Yes. I pulled that, and you said, look, you can sell it now because its price is probably as high as it's ever going to be. Yeah. But if you really believe this guy is going to do this – then hold on to it. And I was like, ah, I'll sell it now. And I got a good price on it. So. And that turned out to be the way to go. Yeah. Now, I mean, it might not go up. Obviously, I'm just seeing one of these Tom Brady's that I sold recently sold for $312,000. And in 2014, I sold it for $2,000. Oh, a lot has oh. to happen for that for that to happen. Yes, though. if you think. So to your point. He's going to become If he's going to win three more championships, it. then don't sell these yes. cards. Agreed, agreed. But people that play the market, like playing the stock market, playing the card market, you sell all your Mahomes now. I'm not saying all of them, but you sell some of them going, I think in October or November next year when they're seven and three, people are going, that's not the year of Mahomes. And then you're like, all those cards I sold are now 20% less than what I sold them for. So now I'm going to pretty much rebuy all those cards at 80% what I sold them for. So those are professional people though. Yeah. Yeah, no, I a lot of that makes sense. I want to go to, <laughs> I think the story that might have Corey more interested than perhaps any other story on the run sheet today. Sauce Gardner is, he sent out a tweet. And I swear, this is the, I'm going to read the actual tweet as it was put out. Quote, I was in Vegas, and long story short, Somebody did a card trick, and I'm a million percent that the cards were in my palms. At the end, he said, now it's a block of glass. Move your hand. And a block of glass was in my hands instead of the cards. I'm not going back to Vegas, end quote. <laughs> so it sounded like he loved the trick, but then at the very end, he's like, I'm out. It shakes you to your core. It really does. Whenever you're, you're, you're certain something is the way that it is, and then it turns out that it wasn't. Now you got to know how did you do that, and they're never going to tell you because they're a good magician. Sure. Uh, and Kevin, you went to go see a magician. I at, did in Las Vegas. Did you get the opportunity to get on the stage and do a card I, trick with him? Or I anything? did not. And I have to admit, I don't believe I want to do that. I'm perfectly content just watching the show because I think I'm going to mess something up. <laughs> oh, you don't. You don't want to go on the stage and be part of it. Yeah. Because okay, look. There's another part of me, just a little bit, that thinks, like, I'm going to get an arrow in my arm or I'm really going to get stabbed by a sword. I realize. This dude does this every I know, day. I know. But, like. Maybe twice a day. Some, for somehow, some way, I panic at the last second. And he's like, hey, 
it's really important that you don't move. And I'm like, okay. And then at the last second, it's like, oh my God, it's coming towards me. And like, the arrow's I, not real. It comes out of the board that you're on. I, I'm not saying it's logical. It goes, wonk, wonk. I'm saying, I think perhaps it's unfair that Sauce Gardner is in this topic <laughs> because I kind of see his point. Here's the, the moment that it happened for me, Kevin, was I was in fourth grade. Oh no! And we were at the Pro or the Science Museum before it was the Perot Museum, and you know one of those things you sit in and they spin it and you just spin all over the place. You don't oh, know which chair. direction you're going. Yeah, what's you say? The chair? The chair? Yeah. And I sat down. I was the guy asked me if I wanted to do it, and I was like, no, I was scared. And my friend did it, and he looked like he had so much fun. I was like, dang, why did I turn that down? So if there's ever a magician, it's like, hey. Who wants? I need a. I need somebody. I need a volunteer. I want to be that guy. But I totally understand where Sauce is in this situation, because you think you know the trick, man. And what is your reality now, buddy? Should have taken the blue pill. Do you know where Ooh, the the media party was at? I swear I saw. Is it David Blaine? Yeah, who, who's had uh, like TV shows? I think that's the spot where he made an elephant disappear. What really? <laughs> I have it was television, uh, uh-huh. but like you know, he, wasn't Derek sitting next to David Blaine on the airplane? But it was I think so. Chris Angel when he got on the plane, and then David Blaine when he got I off. I think yeah. maybe it was the other way because he thought it was Chris Angel, and he was like mind freak, and then you found <laughs> out it was the other one. Yeah. I think, but I remember when we got dropped off for the media party. Like I swear that's where I've seen like something on whatever one of those TBS channels or whatever. Of like David Blaine making an elephant disappear, and that would freak me out if I was really there. When I watch it on television, I'm like, it's television; they can just be yeah, like, they can do whatever they want. They yeah, have mirrors. Yeah, but I'm like, if you're there and you're like, that's a big elephant. There's no way this thing's gonna disappear. Uh-huh. And then it disappears, and you're just like, I can't, I can't deal with this. I, my mind can't deal with this. It's freaking me out. So you got mind freaked. Yeah, and you don't want that, man. No. Yeah. You uh, like how they throw cards at a wall, and then there's a card on the other side of the wall. Yeah. How do they do that? Yeah. David Blaine will just. I throw, don't know. He'll throw a stack of cards at the window, and yeah. it's stuck to the window on the other side. And you're like, it wasn't even there before. Yeah. Who showed up and did that? Yeah. How did it get through the window? Why are you asking me? I already said I don't know, and I think I could get stabbed by a magician. <laughs> Let's YouTube it. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like I feel like I've been very clear on that. Is my buddy's an idiot from the three two one because he doesn't wash up after hooking up. It was a morning show topic this morning, Kevin. Okay, it was. I don't think you're idiots for your practices. You do what you want. But also, I really like this. I'm glad. I like it when people are like with me. From the 972, what Kevin just said is why I've never gotten laser eye surgery. <laughs> All right, look, that is the type of irrational fear that I'm here for. I used to be afraid, like right when I first started driving, that when someone flipped their cigarette out the window, that I was going to drive over it and like my tire was going to explode or maybe somehow it was going to catch part of the gas tank. And you're look, exhaust. I realize that is physically impossible for the gas tank part, but I really thought, they just flip it out the window, and if for some reason I drove over it, my tire was going to be like, Psh, and I was going to like slide over to the side of the road and smash into the median or something like that. But luckily, I mostly don't think that anymore. You said mostly? Look, will I still try to avoid it? I'll if, never have laser eye surgery. Because you're afraid? I'm scared of, I, I don't like eyes, lasers. and I don't like lasers in my eye. 
Did you say you don't like eyes? I can't look at eyes. Like, so I was like, oh, what color Mike, are my eyes? I'm like, I'm not looking. You just literally don't have to do anything. You just lay there. I can't take eye drops. And the, they, you oh, don't have to do anything, no. though. Yeah, actually, I, have to, I have to close my eye and then put it in the corner of my eye and then open it up. And then I still freak out. <laughs> I, I, don't like, or I don't like eye things. I, oh, dude, I will add this. <laughs> I want that. It's I, I'm with Mike. I do put it in the corner of my eye and open. That's how I tell like, the I'll kids never to do have it. Context. It's the easiest process to do it. I understand that, too. I'm Kareem Abdul-Jabbar playing basketball if I, I, if I need to play. When I get my hair cut, though, I'll go to like sports clips and they'll say, hey, do you want your hair washed? I'm like, I love <laughs> Getting my hair, I mean, they're like using their fingernails to scratch in my on my scalp. Uh, I love that feeling, <sighs> but they'll put this hot towel on your face, and then they start washing your hair, and the water gets in my ears. I always feel like I'm drowning, and it freaks me out. I don't like ear water either, but it happens when you're swimming. You know, like you get you swim, and then water gets in your ear. It has to. It's a hole, uh-huh. and so it's the worst. And then you're shaking your head trying yeah, to get it it's out. The, I, that's the one thing about swimming that really irritates me is after I'm done, there's always water in my ear. You know what irritates me even more is if you have your head tilted dramatically to one side or another, and somebody goes, "Oh, do you got water in your ear?" No, you Nimrod. What do you think I'm doing this for? Trying to get water out of your exactly. Ears. Oh. Like, that's just a dumb question. It was like, yes, well, that is what I'm doing. That's what I'm going to do now. Every time I say something that you have no clue what I'm going with or trying to do, and we you, have water here? you turn your head sideways. You look like a curious dog sometimes at me. You're like, hmm? I can feel I, I get that. I and really, like, really what, you do. got water in your ear, Kevin? <laughs> yeah, ear water right now? You got they, I, I love Mike. How come I don't it doesn't like just, ear water either. It doesn't just... Obviously, water's getting in my nose when I go underwater, too. But it just immediately goes out of my nose. It just sticks in my ear. How does it... Are you sure it's the wax? No. I'm okay. absolutely not sure. Help about us out, that. dog. If if anybody's married to a doctor, <laughs> why do why do why does water go in an ear and then just stay in there? Mm-hmm. Get out! You're not supposed mm-hmm. to be there. Or drain down my throat or whatever, so then I don't have water in my ear anymore. Work, body. You're supposed to fix these things. You're welcome, Chris. Made that job really easy. So I was also going to ask if <laughs> the Brooklyn Nets were idiots because they lost by 50 points, but I don't know if any of that feels as particularly consequential now. I think they're idiots because at the trade deadline, like we get two first-round draft picks for Dorian Finney-Smith. No, you can't. I don't even know if you can get one. <laughs> um, what are you guys saying? And then everybody around the league is like, you guys are asking for two first-round picks for a role player. Like, you're insane. And then Charlotte and Washington's like, hey, Dallas, how about ours? We'll we'll get some sort of first-round pick from you, right? And they're like, yeah. Because I do think the Mavericks did want Dorian Finney-Smith yes, back. Agreed. And then Brooklyn's like, how about two first-round picks? And they said, how about you go get water in your ears? <laughs> We're the KNC masterpiece, I guess. Right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, it's time for Gridiron Gravy. Is this the matchup America would want to see for Super Bowl 59? Let's talk about it next right here on The Fan. KNC Masterpiece right here on the microphone. On 105.3 The Fan where, look, Chris, there's an important thing you need to learn about this show. Well, one person in particular. You can give the countdown and the warnings all you like. Mike is still going to talk when he wants to talk, so <laughs> it's inevitable one way or another. Right now, it's a fun word. It's time to go inevitable. around the, the entire NFL. 
and dip into some gridiron gravy. Dip. Yeah, here we go. I'm back. Hey, we got Mike Zimmer. We're going all the way. I'll tell you what the Cowboys needed. Uh-huh. They needed Mike Zimmer. You do not believe that one single bit. Come playoff time, Mike Zimmer is going to fix Dak Prescott. Next, what's what's the real topic here? <laughs> the real topic. Stop being a jerk, Basic. Yes. The real topic Jackson is, and I was reading this on Sports Illustrated, and I thought it was fascinating. We haven't had a Super Bowl rematch since 92 and 93. We did it. With the Cowboys yes. and the Bills. Really? Yes. Like back-to-back rematch? Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Because obviously in 95, once again, you got Cowboys Steelers. Steelers. So you God, haven't had Jerry a was an amazing general manager back then. Shut up. So theoretically, it would be unlikely that it would be the Chiefs and the 49ers once again. If that with that in mind, what do you think is the Super Bowl matchup that America wants to see? Needs to see. Rematch. No, we just went over that. Uh Chiefs Niners. We won't do this to that's him again. The two will best, we? That's the two we best teams. We won't three in a row them. It's two best teams, right? I will say they want Cowboys and Steelers. Cow- you- Cowboys Chiefs. Ooh, I could see that. What about well, yeah. The Detroit Lions against the Buffalo Bills. Nobody wants to see that. Oh, you, what? Yeah. Nobody, nobody cares. I will say this. Before the game started, this was literally when Phil Sims said, listen. I'm taking the underdogs. I'm <laughs> taking. You find that audio again. That's super confusing. <laughs> but right before that, I don't know if it was him or Boomer I know who said, him, but I'm taking who said in this matchup, Wait, if no, Detroit no. was here, everybody besides, you know, Chiefs fans would be rooting for Detroit. But I do not believe that would be the case if against, against the Buffalo right, Bills. Right, because it's two teams that have never won the Super Bowl. And, um, yeah, that's and that's why. So I would want... One of those teams against a team that's like has some success, so, so we you can don't root want for the underdog. Good guy, good guy. You want a yeah. good guy and this a is bad Super guy. Super Bowl Fifty Nine, correct? Which means absolutely nothing. But the Chiefs and the Super Bowl. Mike. Well, I was trying to oh, World Series. I was trying 88? to redo it as in, hey, this means like a number one is uh, in gotcha, there. Gotcha, gotcha. If you had Packers Chiefs. Okay. I was trying to recreate Super Bowl one, but what does it matter in, in 59? I mean, there's a there's a one in there. In Roman numerals? Correct. That's how they do the Super Bowl. Well, we don't say Super Bowl XV. No, it's XIV, right? XLVIIII. No, they, I don't think you never do four ones v, or four I's. VX. You guys aren't even getting the first letter right. L. P. What? <laughs> L is correct. L I L I X will be the next I, one. X. I think L-V- P means phi. Oh my god! I think you're doing a different. A language. is alpha. Yeah, this is a different language of numbers, <laughs> which is weird. A different I'll language tell you of what numbers. I'm what is happening in your brain right now? At this point, I want to know who's the matchup America wants to see. I. Is Detroit versus who? I feel like Detroit and maybe I almost said the F word. I told you Browns. Detroit versus Buffalo. Oh, I don't want to see that. Why would I'm, you know what? For all the reasons we just went over. I'm actually kind of coming around to it a little more. <laughs> that's, 
that's a really cool thing that you bring up, Kevin. I appreciate that, man. Is that what? the one you want? You want to see the most? What's the second matchup? Which, which, is that the one you want to see? My the middle most? finger over here versus my middle finger over here. That's the next matchup. That's, a, that's underneath the camera. Well, that's the next matchup. Let me matchup. look. I want to see which no, one's you Shut up. You shut up. You shut your mouth. Next up. Okay. Which one do you want to see? I, like, I, I want to get Steve Wilkes. All right? Steve Wilkes just Super got fired loser. for the 49ers. Uh, hey, if you want to shut this segment down and just can me right now, that's fine. I'll, I, that's fine. I'll take, I'll take that for I, sure. This is, this is kind of a ser- serious, uh, like, serious, interesting uh, topic here because this is very similar to Jerry as the GM uh, in that Mike Shanahan runs that, that thing. That's his thing. He will not fire himself as the offensive coordinator or head coach. But he will fire everything else around him and, and move on. Did you say Mike or Kyle? Kyle. Okay. I probably I could have said Mike, but it, for Shanahan specifically, like this is he's in position where he can't. He's the play caller. He's doing his thing, and I just need somebody on the defensive side being better. Uh, even though my offense didn't produce outrageous numbers in this game uh, to blow away the Chiefs while, while in that situation. And, and it's interesting. I, I think this goes far beyond the Super Bowl, right? Because if it's off the Super Bowl, you give up 19 points in regulation to the Chiefs. Like, thumbs up. Good job. But Kyle Shanahan did call a late timeout in the Super Bowl to fix a coverage he didn't like. But moreover, over the last several games, there was buzz building about Shanahan being frustrated about some of the defensive breakdowns. And it it just felt like, to your point about he's not going to fire himself, it just felt like maybe it wasn't it wasn't a good fit. Okay, and and uh, that certainly can be the case. And I'm kind of, I want to look at it a little bit more because I feel like they've had, since Shanahan's been there, what, seven years now? They've had at least three defensive coordinators, I believe. And for, for people that are asking. Four. Yes. Dave Raymond, if you're listening, I can get you my phone number. If you need to talk after some of these games. You don't think that D- Dave Raymond has reached out to Jared and said, I don't hey. know if it's going to work. And I'll, I don't think that you're going to get this version of Mike on. Like, Mike knows I what he's supposed right. to do when he shows I think up. that you're right. And that infuriates me <laughs> even more. <laughs> <laughs> really, Why won't you lock really in? Lock into the segment, Mike! Oh, good. Am I in your head right times? now? <laughs> it really does. All right. Listen! What do you guys... <laughs> now you know what it's like to be my wife. I God bless that woman for being a great doctor and a great human is what do you think about Justin Fields on the Pittsburgh Steelers? All right, because look, we've talked about how betting odds can be wrong. I had Jordan Montgomery as the favorite to go back to the Rangers for a really long time. Now they're off the board, but the Steelers are the favorite even over the Bears to be where Justin Fields plays next year. Does Justin Fields on the Steelers do anything for you? Yeah, I mean that, that's a that's a head coach that knows how to that has has an organized organization. Bears are not an organized organization. They are a, there's multiple people going different directions in that thing right so now. So you think Caleb Williams like that's a bad spot for him? Uh, you're Chicago. Not, yeah. You're not a big Caleb Williams. Yeah, like I, the, you don't you don't like him because he left OU, or you really don't like him like you don't think he's a future star quarterback. My my thing with 
with guys that play in a Lincoln Riley system is that system doesn't follow the quarterback. And so they're really good in that. But then a coach says, hey, you're going to do these things. And they're like, you're taking away some of the things that I do really well. And that's happened progressively through to other OU quarterbacks where they were really good here and it just didn't translate. I'm still hoping Kyler's the difference. Jalen Hurts wasn't. I don't look at him the same. And then Baker Mayfield's just now trying to find himself with a coach. And now he has a new offensive coordinator he's going to have to work with. So I think there's that's just my input on that. The I think he has some really good talent, but you got to have a coach that knows how to use it, and they don't even know how to use Justin Fields. Would you? So they're going to come in and say, "Just uh, Caleb, you have to save our franchise." Where Justin Fields probably wasn't the savior of the franchise either. Question: It's a football question from Mike right here. Is this going to make me throw something? No, I really think you're going to like this question, Justin Fields, because you just said Steelers. I was listening. And I have mentioned just throwing out there Atlanta because they don't have a pick that can maybe. Would you think Justin Fields would have a better career over the next 10 years? Because you're a Fields guy. Like you liked him out of college. Do you think Fields would be better the next eight years in Pittsburgh or the next eight years in Atlanta? And I see the intrigue for Atlanta. By the way, Atlanta's third on the list behind the Bears and the aforementioned Steelers. Pairing him up with B. John Robinson would be super neat. I just. I have a lot of belief in Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh system in getting the most out of well, somebody. And I like Pittsburgh. I would. I, I don't want that on the record. I would it. go with Pittsburgh. Uh, I also, I mean, you, you have the offense is ready in Pittsburgh. The defense will always kind of be there, but their offense is ready. You got Pickens. Uh, I know the, run, the running back situation was a little lax this year. Uh, but you got Deontay Johnson. Bears. You got a you got a couple of really good weapons for him to use, and he showed last year. Fields showed that he can he can connect with DJ Moore, and they can have a fantastic season. So I really think there's a lot more to winning games than just blaming Justin Fields for it. Uh, that uh, so and I, again, I think their defense keeps him in games and gives him opportunities to lose it or win it himself. And I don't I don't think the beginning part of this next story will be surprising to you at all. But there is a name not far down the list that I admit I was like, wow. The opening line MVP for next year is Patrick Mahomes. Okay. No, no big shocker right. right there. How would you guess who would you guess are the next two? If it's Mahomes one, who would you say is two and three? Josh Allen and Joe Burrow? Correct. Number four is CJ Stroud. Okay. And number six is Jordan Love. Now we might talk more about Jordan Love in just a minute, but that's pretty amazing to me that they rocketed up there so quickly. Like, I understand why. And then you see Lamar Jackson tumbling down to after Jordan Love, yeah. which, again, I get because at this They're point. They're not going to do it. They're not, just not going to give him a three, three un- MVPs. Until they win a Super Bowl. Like, if they were to win a right. Super Bowl, then I can see it changing. It it's, feels really difficult otherwise. I know it's. I think people can relate to this. And there, we weren't looking inside the numbers, but – Honestly, Dirk Nowitzki, after he won the 07 uh, MVP, he had the next four years, you could argue, he was MVP, especially if you look at win shares and all of these clutch moments and clutch. They're just like, it's over. We're never doing that again because he lost in the first round. And I know Lamar didn't lose in the first round, but I think he's in the spot where somewhat like Dirk, you better win a championship and then we'll consider you again for another MVP in your career. So there's nothing he can do. I will say this. I... Didn't hear you say this person's name, which would make me, if I was on my MGM app and could bet, I'm in Texas and can't, I would put 20 bucks on Brock Purdy. I think they have a chance of having the best record in the NFL next year, and I think he's going to keep improving. Brock Purdy 
is tied for eighth on the list with Dak at 16 to one. I think unfortunately Dak is another player that until they do it in the playoffs, he ain't going to get the vote. So 16 to one right there for Brock Purdy. And if you believe in Dak, I mean, I was teasing Sean. I was like, he's going to go 10 and one in the 11 games that he gets to play average to bad teams. He's probably going to throw in those games. I'm being honest here. I'm not being, he's going to throw 33 touchdowns in those 11 games. And he's going to average well over 300 yards per game in those games which will put him probably in the conversation as maybe a top five MVP candidate. It's unfortunate he has to play six other games against good teams. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, all the Rangers at spring training. Who are you watching and who do you think is most likely to steal a roster spot? 877-881-1053. Let's do it next right here on The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.